Content. There's something special. Welcome back to This Is Hardcore. C- could you imagine not even being 20 something years old and writing shit like that? It- it's literally crazy to me. But my hat's off to them. As I said, I had a bunch of these guys on the uh, podcast talking about their previous bands. But this is what hardcore is today it's uh, <laughs> young kids. Starting bands, ripping some major fucking riffs, getting it out there so quick on the internet. Um, they part of the FYA after shows. Um, they're they're gonna be setting the entire Scarab record release show off in a couple weeks. I mean, this band's got a lot of looking forward to them. It's gonna be something special. Make sure you support and check them out. Um, with regard to that Scarab. Record release, it's um, the Scarab and Warren record release party. Bob Wilson bringing this shit to Port Richmond, Philadelphia. Scarab, Warren, Division of Mind, Burning Lord, Discontent. At the Lithuania Music Hall. Well, not too far away from Richmond and Allegheny. It's a neighborhood that we uh, spent a lot of time in. Went to a couple beef and beers, got into some fights down the street from that place. It's cool to see hardcore shows happening there because of Mr. Bob Wilson. Hardcore's in a good spot. So good that I took a week off. (laughs) I don't think that was kind of an excuse, but came home, had this idea for the podcast, but just didn't put it out until this week solely because, you know, you get home from a trip. We went to Universal right after FYA, came home, wiped the hell out. Did the All Else Found show, which was absolutely fucking fantastic. Thanks to everybody who showed up. Thanks to everybody who supported. Having awesome bands like All Else Found come and play and seeing so many people definitely invigorates them to not just, you know, think that no one cares or whatever it is. Old bands are weird, you know. They're All Else Failed to me. Especially if you're, if you're not hip to All Else Failed and you just checked them out for the first time, you... Really wanted to check them out. The progression starts with this record that's later on in the uh, catalog, the way it's spaced with Spotify. Good Enough for the Girls We Hang With or something like that is the name of the compilation of all the older material. And you listen to that older material when they had the two singers. And it's just from that point, I mean, I remember seeing them at Neon Lights in Upper Darby with 25 to Life and just bought the 7-inch for a dollar. I just thought this was like one of the most unbelievably emotional, like visceral, 
chaotic bands I've ever seen at that time. And still to this day, I'll, I'll hold them up really high and say that a lot of the things that would come from the late 90s throughout the 2010s, whatever, all else found was head and above rest. Super creative, amazing, different song structures or something special. Happy to see them get the um, response that they got. We're back. We're going to have some guests. We're going to have some cool shit for 2024. It's weird even to say that we're in the year 2024. To think about everything in context now. Like, uh, hardcore obviously has to change. Everything changes. You don't really want... You know, it's not bowling. It's not golf. It's not a sport. It's, it's a live entity. You know, people, the means of the means of people getting around, technology, all this stuff plays heavily into why the hardcore is what it is today. And the spirit of things are still there. But, uh, you know, just by nature, you don't want to be like, trying to pull everybody into some kind of like goofy past that's not plausible right you wouldn't ride a fucking horse to a show and sorry for anybody who's like yo when I was a kid I didn't have a car I rode a horse to a show and the middle out of your bip that's your fucking fault you know what I mean talk about real fucking people here cars so um I say this because the way the world of hardcore works is like so surreal at times, but then also surreal for me, you know, been going shows for much longer, most the biggest portion of my life at this point, three quarters of my life have now been spent being involved in the hardcore scene and thinking in context, not to compare, contrast, to denigrate, but to say, you know, looking at FYA, I was thinking about stuff, and it's like, how would FYA even happen back then? You know, I mean, for me, I, I think it could start with the, the record store. Your local record store might have a flyer. You know, I, sad as it is to think about Double Decker, um, there's still stuff like Generation Records and... You know, our good friend AJ does a really fantastic job when Pittsburgh revitalizing the record store as like a centerpiece of the entire community. But it's few and far between these days. But this record store was like the nexus point. You know, it really was like the place where you went or you could go. You didn't have to go, but you could go. You know, it it was a place for purchasing records, obviously. Um, it was also the place where the guy, let's use OG Jeff as an example, where I, I'm not a drinker, but let's just say, you know, I heard this is a op, this is something that happens. You go to a bar, you might ask the bar, like, what's good? Or what do you think? This fucking G was like that to some degree. He was the barkeep. He'd say, oh, you check this record out. Or, oh, if you're into this, try this. You know, and it got you entwined to be social to the person at the record store. 
got you in touch with stuff you may have not heard of. There was flyers from the fucking ground to the ceiling. Sometimes actually on the ceiling facing downward. You know? Some of these uh, record stores were like the Maz Eisley Canteen in Star Wars. Just to, to some of the greatest fucking scum and villainy in the planet. <laughs> in the solar system only. It was like hardcore people. But you could go there and you could bring your cassette tape and put it on consignment. No one ever buy it. Or you could go and, you know, look at a flyer and ask what's up with it. You could steal it when the guy's not looking. You know, you could figure out if you want to join a band. Maybe Discontent 30-something years ago would have met because there was a guy looking to be in a band and he had a guitar and it had those like the phone numbers. You just rip off. Maybe that's how they got started, you know? But this concept today is just completely removed because social media is really like, <laughs> again, for the 90s kids, like the super, the super, uh, the super information highway, so to speak, really comes into play with the social media and the way hardcore goes. Because you're using these Instagrams and this Twitters. You know, you old heads are listening, still doing the Facebook. And, and you're finding it out at a super speed level. Everything and anything that's going on. And sometimes some of it gets missed. The same way you go into a record store and you see one record you really like and you miss the 10,000 other. Maybe you see this one flyer because the art is cool. So you don't see the other three that are more local. These things are constant. I've always been overwhelmed. But thinking about FYA and thinking about like how word spreads, I at least would hope, hope that there's still people out there really just trying to continue an informal conversation in public, informal bit of communication verbally, not just all via text, Memes and yeah, you know, I'm the king of sending memes. I'm the king of fucking reels. All right, so I'm not sitting up here acting like I got a cool pen sending out fucking parchment letters with a fucking Harry Potter arrow or something. It ain't happening. That's not how it works. I'm just saying, you know, I understand in the modern age to use for it, but I hope people are still talking about this stuff. You know, I I talk to people and people ask me what I like. I, I, I don't know if there's just a fucking embedded bug in my head, but the first thing I usually say when we talk about podcasts is 185 Miles South. To this day, they still hold the crown, in my opinion, for the kind of hardcore content that I enjoy hearing the most. Recently, I enjoyed an episode of the Hard Lord Pod because my brother, the king of everything, Bob Wilson, was a part of it. I suggest you to go and check out the FYA episode of Hard Lore. I'm sure you can just Google. That's the way it works. But, uh, yeah, I would like to believe that there's still excitement. I know the flyer game is kind of gone. It's kind of sad. You know, it's kind of it's kind of like a bum out to think, like, some dickhead can just be, a, like, a really good digital graphic artists that make this super sweet flyer, you know, and, and it eliminates the going through an old zine or going through an old record or going through an old 
cool fucking comic book and finding a cool page and taking that and gluing it up with a glue stick. And if you're going to use a glue stick, I suggest you use the ones that they never get fully, fully super hard. The Elmer's. I like the Elmer's all-purpose glue stick. Got several of them for when I do my little things. But uh, stick that thing on there, plop it on there. Then you're trying to figure out what the fuck comes next. I like the idea of this like tangible art. Not that digital art isn't tangible, but you know, in, in the same respect, there's just something cool about the creative process of finding the right, the right image, the right fucking band logo. Or maybe you can't come up with a band logo, so you gotta like find a flyer and cut it. Or you know, there's cheat codes now, and I know a bunch of them for the digital age to still make it look like an old school thing. But I like the art. I like the culture of the art. I like the lore. When you take some old thing that no one may know about, you put it in the background. You know, and a lot of that come coming back to the record store idea. But also, you know, um, I wonder, and, and it's going to sound like a weird thing. Uh, my One of my favorite processes that's kind of gone was like the Trocadero standing in the line thing in Philadelphia. We just sit there in this fucking line that's a city block long for every goddamn show. This is in the age when you had to be a real weirdo to get out in advance of some of these shows. And hardcore shows, you know, it's a big room, so not all of them sold out. So a couple times, you know, you might have somebody who foresaw selling out and got the ticket early. A lot of the truck line was just social, just social interaction. You hear stories, you hear lures. If you're young and you're quiet, you might see some beef go down that you maybe shouldn't have seen, but since you're too young and no one cares, they did it anyway in front of you. That shit was fun. Not that hardcore's not fun, but like, if I had an hour of hanging out in the line at a show, I would just talk up like this. Talk just like this with people. And I, and I wonder what people talk about. I wonder if they just stand in line and look at their dumbass phones, the way all society is these days, and I'm semi-included in this, just scrolling and looking at our dumbass phone. You know? This is what we're doing now? Yeah, I think it's just a a part of what society is now, and I'm not exactly sure that what I was doing then was a part of society maybe I don't know never never gave it that kind of lens to say you know oh this is just us being against society I think it was like uh, this is going to be blasphemy for all you people that love like the sound gardens and the corns and all these fucking whack bands that are just like super supported today but like you know I didn't want to be in that world I didn't want to sit in the fucking stadium parking lot waiting for some dickhead to offer me fake mushrooms. Wasn't really uh my idea of fun. So I fucking stood in parking lots and stood in the street of Philadelphia and New York City and Connecticut and Delaware and Baltimore and did the thing you do. You get in line, you see some shit, you wait for your turn, you go on the show, and the thing happened. 
and you know, again, it kind of ties back into what I was saying about the disconnect. You know, the flyer art, it's it's really shit. Sometimes it's really cool. There's people really doing some cool shit. And yeah, I get it. You need an image, you need a name, you need a, a date, a time. Maybe your sweet, technologically advanced ass has a QR code on it. Who knows? But you know, uh, it's not the fucking... It's not the one I willy map anymore. You know, like... Not to be like back in my day, but I'll be like back in my day. Like, you had to have a fucking flyer. And if you were lucky, you had a flyer and it had like directions for like seven fucking states, right? Seven different, you know, like you'd be driving to fucking Connecticut in the fucking rain. And uh, don't drive in Connecticut in the rain at dark. Can't see shit. They got like 18 streetlights in the whole fucking state. And you got this flyer. And scribbled in cool graffiti logo shit. You're trying to read the directions out to your man while like you're legitimately going like, okay, we just we're 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 past the North Carolina directions. How do we get to this fucking Connecticut show in the dark and the fucking rain? Legitimately, flyers just have directions like coming from North Carolina, coming from New Zealand. This is how you take the fucking road to get to the show. The flyer had a lot more importance than it does now. God bless you. You know, I, uh, I I was looking through old bins of flyers and I saw like multiple flyers with directions that I made and was just thinking about like, because I grew up in the neighborhood, oh, you make this left here, you make this left here. And I'm thinking like, how many weird assholes came from out of state and drove through Frankfurt and were like, this is where we get shot. Or this is where if someone runs up to our car, we just drive right through them. You know, like, put some fucking crazy-ass shows on in some sketchy city. And just had some nice people from the suburbs pull up. Somehow they survived, God bless them. But, like, don't think they weren't trying to uh, scope it out. We had a couple shows with some fights. Girl got her head kicked. Landed inside the fire. Like, hit the side of the fire plug. That was kind of the end of it. That was the come and correct mushmouth battle. Summertime. But yeah, I I think that like a lot of the a lot of the things that I enjoyed about being in the counterculture was the physical representation that it wasn't just like everything else, you know. And uh, as the administrative work side of things, like this FYA and stuff, it's like there's so a lot of people are still used to big venues, so like. The face-to-face connection, the, yeah, it's good, we got your name, you know, your name's on, you know, your name's here, that's all I need, I don't need 17 other verifications, it's, it's a weird difference, but it's part of the times, I guess, but, like, I'm not gonna say, well, without having flyers with directions, hardcore's lost all meaning, that's not the case, and I just feel like the paradigm shift, so to speak, we'll use that term as a good one. There just is more people now uh, coming from the non-core world, non-punk world, non-DIY world. And they're just, they're assuming, expecting, sometimes disappointed that things aren't more streamlined. This isn't a fucking 
this isn't a five-star fucking operation here. This isn't a fucking Hilton-level shit, you know? Like, this is like people that tomorrow would welcome all this shit in. You know, they welcome the end of the the stamped hand and the little marker face or something. You know, like, they're just not, they're, they're okay with it. They're, they're okay with saying goodbye to... The old ways. Because they don't know them. And I understand that. You don't know the old ways. You ain't gonna... You don't know the old ways. You're not gonna keep them. But, like... It's almost like... Not disparaging. Not disrespectful. But kind of like... Looking down the side of your nose. Like, oh... You guys don't have this level of technology that the large 4,000 person venue does. As they stood outside... In the hot asphalt of Tampa, Florida, waiting to get in FYA. <laughs> like, I don't know. Maybe I was just hip to it. Like, oh, I'm here? All right, they're probably not going to do this like the fucking the Spectrum. For those out of town, the Spectrum was the old former home of many Philadelphia sports team and the place of many arena rock shows of my childhood past. So it's an easy correlation to that. But yeah. We're not the big rock concert. We're just this bunch of people trying to do a show so a bunch of people can see some bands. And, you know, I'm never going to say, stay here, don't go to the bigger world, because the bands that really have the talent, the bands that really have the art, the bands that really have it, naturally, organically, they're going to rise by nature. And, you know... You've been doing this long enough. You know when the bands were big and they played the big rooms. You know when they were small and played the small rooms. You know the bands that got so big that they said they'll never play the small rooms and still came back. You know the bands who said they never need any hardcore and then when things got bad they went back to the hardcore record. This is the cycles. But I do I do find it distressing in the sense of like you know go to a concert that's like in a big venue with huge parking lots and all the stuff bells and whistles you come to a hardcore show and you're like you guys don't have this yeah bitch it's the fucking way it is you know like sorry you know it's it's if that's all we got to complain about i'm not even complaining i'm just just saying there just was this whole entire part of the world pre-admat pre-announce announce announce first of seven announces you know there was word. There was word of mouth. You just could just talk to someone without the internet. Believe it or not, you could glean information. Oh, what's this band you got on your T-shirt here? There isn't a, a homogenization happening too, where everyone sort of is greed on these center bands. And I'm not gonna say that's probably not true of every time and place, but like really getting bizarre is like the shit that this doesn't add up like some 18 year old kid that barely understands anything knowing more about some like 1990s arcane youtube band that's records on youtube and not knowing minor threat is a bizarre thing to me and you know not having the will understanding care logic or desire to dig any bit deeper into the very basic past but yet go into this arcane study of YouTube stuff is just still fucking 
on the cusp of what I would call corny, if I don't understand that at different times. I myself, I mean, you could say it. You could say it now. There was a time, like, literally where, like, the stuff like Show Show of Force and Iceman and, at, you know, really, like, pre the digital age, you know, hearing these tapes, hearing these in car, in car rides, hearing the conversations about the stuff. Even it's like Demise was involved in those kind of conversations. There's older bands that were just, like, there in the zeitgeist of that time but not being active in my time, you know, they became like lore, legendary. Oh, they played in Reading and this happened when Demise played? Interesting. I'll never forget it. The guy who sings in the Iceman, his name is The Mosher? And thinking about like what level of Carl's moshing got him to the point where they're like, that's The Mosher, Carl. You know? And then you think of things like, People saying Jay from Crackdown had the hardest mosh style. Not having any videos because Sonny's a bitch. Didn't want to be born in enough time to fucking video this motherfucker in the Lower East Side in the early 80s. I'm left not knowing really what Jay's fucking mosh style looked like. And that's fucking Sonny's fault. Motherfucker. You know? I just, I, I can understand it. But at the same time, I also... Am like this with a lot of music, and I've always been like this. So I always go, "Oh well, if that happened, what band was before that, and why would this happen, and oh, who was this? Oh, oh, you know, like, you know, oh, this Dio, he was later in Black Sabbath, you know, like I just always was into that. There's people like that, you know, but uh, modern era is a lot different, man. You know, the the facade of professionalism is something that aggravates me. But I also understand, and I was taught by the greatest in the DIY game, Sean Agnew himself, that you could be professional and still DIY and still have respect for yourself in a lot of ways. Like the announcement cycle, yeah, it's cool. Am I annoyed that there's bands that are really been their agents are talking to me about shows that are eight or nine months from right fucking now. Yes. Eight or nine months from now, they're like, we got to get this fucking tour together. It's like, dude, this ain't no fucking ZZ Top tour. We got time. But alas, that's the way the fucking world works. And then the announcement, the announcement of the announcement, all this other shit. Sometimes if it just, I don't know if it just creates, you know, bureaucracy creates mere bureaucracy. But like, does it really create more efficiency do we really get the word out like you gotta you're announcing a band six months out it's like well you know like six months is a long fucking time i don't know the whole thing is just a it's not bad it's just depending on what your idea is me i i don't mind it i work i work in it you know like I'm not sitting in here saying, this can't happen, and I fucking hate this, and I, it's just different, you know, like, if I saw a fucking flyer on a Monday, and it was good enough, pussy, I'm going, if there was a ride, someone who had a car, a couple of dollars in the pocket, gas in the tank, I'm fucking going, oh, it's in CeCe's, oh, it's in Phantasmagoria in Frederick, Maryland, yeah, we'll fucking sucker someone in the driving, who's got a girlfriend with a car, we'll make it fucking happen. You know, 
I'm not saying is the show gonna sell out. I'm not saying where's the pre-sale link. I'm not DMing the promoter. Yo, what time are doors? I'm just fucking going, Haas. With that flyer with the fucking 17 states. Compass on the fucking back. With the fucking, you know, little treasure map. I'm fucking going because I want to see this Fury of Five and All Out War and Next Step Up in the middle of the fucking goddamn Maryland. You know, like, that's what the fuck we did. Oh, Brockton, Massachusetts? Sounds deli- sounds amazing. You get there, you're like, somebody's going to get killed tonight. And I'm not talking about outside because it was dangerous. I'm talking about if you were off, if you were in that blue rug, if you know what the fucking rug is, you got kicked in the fucking head by somebody who could literally kick a horse to death. That's what fucking Brockton was. And you liked it. I don't know. I'm not saying hardcore is any different. I'm, I am saying it's different, but I'm not saying, like, it's bad for being different. I'm not saying these kids are losing the values and they're lost. I'm saying that, like, the professional internet capabilities and all this stuff has lost this organic fly by the seat of your pants. Make it fucking happen if there's a will away kind of fucking vibe that I lived off of, man. Like, I'm still like that. What time are you driving to go up to Sword Fight in Fall River, Massachusetts? Side note, I don't talk about this much, but the place that I go sometimes to go Sword Fight in Fall River was the last place that Rick to Life was seen wearing a up or backwards bulletproof vest. Well, I go up there and Sword Fight. My guy's living. What time are you living? I don't know. Because I'm not a warrior. I'm not a fucking planner. That's for Jess. She's the fucking planner. You know, don't you can't ask me for shit. Eric walks like that. What time do you think you're leaving? Yo, pussy, what are you, the Fed? Who are you talking to? Who are you telling that about? I'm not, you know, like, I don't I don't like to plan when I'm fucking leaving for anything. But I know I'm going to go if I'm going to go. I just fucking do it. It's, it's, it's uh, maybe the problem is me. Maybe I'm, I'm, it sounds like I'm the problem, right, guys? You're like, Joe, the more you talk, the more it's your fucking problem, right? And there's probably some fucking validity to that. You know, but, you know, maybe it's a confluence where I, I enjoyed the chaos of in the moment, let's just fucking do things. And that's what makes the hardcore past of mine seem rosier in the rear view. Because a band could just jump on a show last minute and fucking kill it. And and the and I didn't have to ask a booking agent and the manager and the nighttime manager and the daytime manager if it was okay to replace somebody on my own bill that I had the potential to lose money on. You know? Just fucking did it. You know? Just a lot of things are different, but hardcore still absolutely everything that you could ask for. In a lot of ways. So I'm not sitting here saying it's all over. Bad band and shit. But I'm saying like there's an organic there's an organic flow to it that is just missing. I know it's still there. And yeah, planning's good. You know, it's fucking January. I'm fucking not stressed, but I'm already pissed off about shit that never happened. Which our good friend Marcus Aurelius would be upset at me for being upset about something that hasn't happened yet. That's the way it is, bitch. 
Sometimes something happens or you think it's going to happen and you're a little frustrated. Sorry, Marcus. This will never be one of the great Caesars. But it's the truth. There's just moments where in this fest, yeah, you have to plan. But like a show, some of this shit's so fucking easy. I was even thinking, I was talking to, I was talking to this Bob about that. Like, man, we would we would just ask a band, hey, you guys want to do it? Okay, yeah, we could do it. Or, oh, you know, we can't. Now it's like, dude, you might as well take this to the fucking Hague. You got to get the fucking binding UN agreement to get this fucking band even in. they be like, ah, I don't know. Do we want to fucking play? Should we fucking play? And it's like, dude, this shit ain't that. This shit ain't rocket science. Your band wants to play? Let's give you some money. You don't want to do it? Just say you don't want to do it. There's no like, well, if I don't do it, then, you know, this is going to take away from... It's like, I don't know. Yeah, the, I, I'll tell you, there are shows that make or break a band's career. But you'll never know which one you're playing. So you just got to go out there and say yes or no, follow your heart, follow what's smart or whatever. But like, there's just like, dude, we're talking like so much planning. You know, Churchill would be happy about the planning. You know, just this wouldn't make for a normal situation in other, other regards. But yeah, there's a lot of people that overthink this shit and it makes it harder, which is why you got tours that are nine months out and you can ask somebody about their band and they're saying, well, in 18 months, we've got to go into the studio because we're on a record cycle. Then we go to Europe and then it's like, you can, they'll tell you anything else and you ask them to play a show and they go dark on you. They don't know what they want. I get it, I guess. Kind of annoying. You know, but for me, I... I still love doing this shit or I wouldn't be here talking to this stupid microphone, drawing these stupid monster faces that I thought were funny that just popped into my head to draw. You know, I love this podcast. We're working behind the scenes to kick some ass this year in a lot of ways. This is Hardcore. We'll be the August 2nd through the 4th. And we're going to make that awesome. Shelter and Civ at the Broken Goblet in April is selling very well and will plausibly be sold out. By the end of the month, you're going to hear some really big news from Tied Down and Sound and Fury. You guys will be very happy with that, I imagine. You will not be hearing about F1. <laughs> this is hardcore till at earliest April. Um, we've got a lot of cool-ass shows at phillyhcshows.com. Um... Homeboy from Demonstration of Power got into a car accident. He's having some fucking issues. Bob posted up some shit where you can give some money. My dear friend H-Bomb, who is a native Japanese who moved to the Bay Area, met him 25 years ago. Now he is back in Japan and things aren't doing well. She has a GoFundMe it's always sad when these things happen. Um, support the people that you love. Support hardcore in the way that you want. If I said something here and you don't agree with it, dude, that's awesome, man. You don't ever have to totally agree. But for me personally, it's just my take. This is my take. Um, the FYA episode on the hard lures available. Listen to Bob Wilson. He's the man. This Greg has a show that comes tomorrow, and if the fucking Philadelphia does not become the land in ice and snow, you will see me in New Jersey. Otherwise, I'll be home 
warm as fuck under the blankets watching some Harry Potter and some other bullshit. That's the way the fucking is. Thank you for supporting. I promise you not every episode this year will be like this. Most of them will be some form of interviews and some other nonsense. And uh, for the people who talk to me at FYA about the podcast, it was interesting because I didn't think that younger people did. I'm glad that they do. I think that bands like Discontent, which came from bands like Reaching Out and other bands... I really can't believe that they're already this good. Their demos sound better than our records. It's fantastic. Younger kids are really driving this new hardcore wave and really believing in themselves and giving themselves not the, I'll never make it, but I'll fucking do anything. I love seeing it, and I support it. Um, lots of big news coming up with Shadow Realm in the next couple months. Lots of amazing, awesome Philly hardcore shows happening. And thank you just for being cool as fuck. Um, Oh, my friends in Broad Street Breakdown have now released two episodes in a single month. And I really do believe they're going to continue to uh, release weekly. In fact, we couldn't get G on the podcast because he had the other podcast record. But we are adamantly pushing for some rule of three. And we're going to make this shit happen. Thank you for supporting everything we do, and take care.